Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. And welcome to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that women become irrelevant as they age. We appreciate your support. Join the Aging Reimagined Circle at womenover70.com. Promote your book in Books by Women and invite us to speak to your organization. And today we are thrilled to have Annie Corzin with us for a conversation. Annie finally made her career dreams come true in her 80s. At age 83, she is a TikTok sensation with scores of adoring fans who love her wit and her about life as an older woman and her wisdom of showing life as it should be lived. She uses humor to speak the truth about life's serious moments. Annie's theme song is It Ain't Over Till It's Over. And she has much more to her credit than being a TikTok star. She was the recurring Doris Klumpus on Seinfeld. She has written humorous essays for NPR's Morning Edition, the New York Times, the LA Times, and has performed her solo shows on, 13, on three continents. Annie is a moth mainstage storyteller. And she's currently offers workshops on storytelling and speech making. And she loves being a guest speaker. And a personal note, Annie's been married for 58 years to her Danish husband and has a grandson who is black. Well, welcome Annie to Women Over 70, Aging Reimagined. We're delighted to have you with us. Now you've written that, and I'm quoting, some people are overnight successes and some people like me just have to keep doing it wrong until they get it right. And now I'm in my third act, end quote. Tell us about your third act. Well. My third act is based on my past. I've been a writer. I've been an actress. I've done solo shows. I've had some small amounts of success in all those three things, but I always dreamed of finding a larger audience. I always felt I could connect with a large amount of people. And a young friend of mine suggested I do TikTok, which I thought was insane. I, you know, I didn't think of TikTok would have any interest in people like me. And she insisted, and she produces it, she shoots them and edits them. She's 30 years old. And it turned out that she was right. I have found a huge, unexpected audience. And the thing that, to me, is most remarkable, when I get stopped on the street, which often happens now, the fans who stop me are like kids. They're, they're, they're high school and college kids. I don't quite understand it, but I'm not questioning it. I'm thrilled. Now, this is on the street in Los Angeles, right, in California? And in New York, when I went to oh, New York, I got stopped as well. And what do they say to you? They say, oh, we love you so much. <laughs> and then when I say, can you explain that? What is it? What is it? And, and a lot of the words they will use, I don't quite understand. One word they use a lot is authentic. Now, everyone's authentic. I'm not sure what they mean that. They say, you're funny, you're fabulous, you're authentic. And I guess... Maybe what they're saying is, I tend to speak my mind. I'm very honest. I'm very open about what's good in my life and what's not so good in my life. I don't feel that that's such an exceptional thing to do, but it turns out that it is. And I, I don't. Maybe you can understand that. I don't. Well, I, I, I think you have a, you know how to tell a story. Yes. Yeah. So say a little bit more about that. I do that. Storytelling is really where I come from. You know, storytelling now is a very hot literary form. 
I mean, if you think of David Sedaris, if you think of Anne, oh, who's she? Oh, she's so great. Why am I Lamont. not? Huh? Yes. Lamont? Anne Lamont. Uh, uh, I, I don't know about where you are. In L.A., every night of the week, there are, there are spoken word shows. There's storytelling shows. And it is a form that's very comfortable to me. And I also teach it. I think people don't know the craft of storytelling well enough. If you've ever been to a funeral service, a memorial service, a wedding, I mean, during the speeches, the speeches, I cringe. I just die because people don't understand what it is to tell a story. And that's my background. So I was able to take that skill and transform it into a 60 second or, or three minute TikTok. Or 58 seconds, as so many of them were that I saw of yours. Well, in, in the beginning, it was. You had a 60 second. You're quite right. There was a 60 second limit. Then they changed it to three minutes. Now they're allowing 10 minutes, but I would really tell anything that long. I don't think TikTok is the uh, platform for that. Mm-hmm. But when I teach storytelling, mean, when I when I perform as a storyteller, my stories are generally around 10 minutes long. Okay. I've had to learn to compress. <laughs> is there an arc to the storytelling? What what are there elements that are always there? You know, there really is. And the storytelling, a story has to have the same arc that any good piece of writing has. It has to start with a character who has a flaw or a problem, and it has to follow them on their journey to deal with a problem, and it has to end with their solving the problem and learning something about themselves. What, 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 what I generally say is a story is about a dramatic event that changed your life for the better. And it's a, it's, it's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful way to be heard. And I've heard some amazing stories both from students and from, of course, my colleagues. I mean, uh, plus it's a wonderful community. The storytelling community in Los Angeles is very close and very supportive. We go to each other's shows. We, you know, laud each other. We introduce, I've introduced a few people to the moth. Of course, the moth, the moth is the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. If you ever, if you haven't gone onto their website, I think it's the moth.org, you'll hear the greatest storytellers mm-hmm. in the world, actually. I and listen every week. I do too. Huh? I listen every week. Me too. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you listen to the, to the new? Okay. Sometimes I go back and I just listen to the old, the old. And and my excite my exciting news right now is they just contacted me. They want to produce a second story with me, and I'm thrilled about that because that means I travel with them. That means we go to the main stage, we go to large venues, and that's again, that's where I'll get an audience. It's okay. In LA, if I perform at a storytelling venue, we're lucky if there are 70 people in the small theater. When I travel with the moth, we, as soon as the, we come into a city and as soon as the event is announced, it is sold out. And that's usually a 1500 or 2000 seat house. So that's a big thrill for me. A big thrill. Do you have your story topic already for this? I have the topic, but they always rework it. It's a story I have told, actually. It's about um, when I gave birth to my child, I had a serious postpartum depression, quite serious. 
cause immediately hospitalized. And this happened in Denmark and then here. And so it's a very grim subject, but since I'm a humorist, <laughs> I had to try and find the funny in it. And so that's what it's going to be about. Uh-huh. And the next subject is, uh, is, uh, as pertinent now as when I first, as when I had my own, my son is, is, uh, almost 55. Mm-hmm. Women still get that postpartum thing and no one knows how to deal with the problem. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, um, you also, I mean, I think that you're very committed to changing people's minds about what it means to, to get old. I and am. why is that important to you? And how do you approach that? Well, First of all, it's important to me because I've been very hurt by the condescension and the false assumptions that people take. Mm -hmm. And I I could be sitting with my husband in a restaurant and the young waiter will say to him, would you like a cocktail, sir? And then he'll turn to me and he'll say, and how about you, young lady? Mm -hmm. I just want to slap him. (laughs) And I think he means well. He doesn't know how insulting it is to call an older woman young lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I also, how shall I say it? I feel that my wisdom, our wisdom, is underestimated and unappreciated. And that's what's been amazing on this TikTok thing. The kids are coming to me and they're saying, they use the word wisdom a lot. They actually want to hear my opinions about things, my opinions about dating or marriage or parenting or relationships mm-hmm. or thrifting or lifestyle. Um, and I'm very uh, gratified by that because I feel I, we really have something to offer. And for some reason in this country, we seem to think that only young people have the answers. And speaking of countries, I've mentioned my husband is Danish. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different thing in Denmark. Uh, it's not an ageist society like ours. In Denmark, if a 65-year-old man is suddenly single and is looking for female companionship, he will look for a 65-year-old woman. I mean, he wouldn't understand if he said to him, oh, no, you should have a 30-year-old. You should have a... He wouldn't get that. It would make no sense to him. Whereas here, it's kind of almost an unwritten law. <laughs> But an older man, if he's single, he's going to look for a much younger woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That is ageist, isn't it? I think so. Yes. I think yeah. so. You know, the younger people listen to you because you have this way of relating to them, of bringing it to their level, of making it, making it of interest to them. They love a good story, too. They do love a good story. And, and, and they're not as closed-minded as I thought. Before I started doing this, I really hated young people. I considered them responsible for everything that was wrong in my life. I didn't feel good-looking. Oh, and that's another thing. In my life and in my career, I've never thought of myself as a good-looking woman. And I will tell you, right now, if a casting call went out in Hollywood looking for um, an attractive older actress, I would never be submitted. I'm not what's considered attractive in Hollywood. I'm a character actor. And I've just accepted that about my life. Now, with TikTok, 
And I have a certain brand because I'm into vintage fashion. They notice what I wear. I, I kind of wear things that, anyway, they keep telling me how beautiful I am. I have never heard this in my life. This is the first time in my life that I've heard that I'm beautiful. And do you believe it? Uh, huh? Do you believe it? Do you feel I'm it? I'm to. As a matter of fact, I was raised up. It's very hot here in LA and I don't want to have the air on. So I'm doing what I never would have done for the last 20 years. I would never have been seen in public in a sleeveless top. And then I thought, hey, I'm beautiful. I don't have to have perfect, perfectly muscular arms. I'm going to be comfortable and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Great. It's given me more uh, more courage to be myself. And if I want to wear socks with sandals, I do that. I think it's a fun look and it's very comfortable. And I wear kind of fun socks. I mean, I don't wear white socks and black suits. I wear some, but I mean, how shall I say it? I feel freer mm-hmm. to be comfortable, to be myself because of the validation I've gotten from this huge young audience. That's amazing. Um, when, when, when we talked a little earlier, you, you, you mentioned having your husband who's Danish and you've spent time in the, certainly in the United States and as well as in Denmark. Yeah. Are there other cultural differences, uh, nuances that have been influential for you? Well, I'll give you an example of something. Uh, years ago, we were driving through Copenhagen. It was a huge billboard. And on the picture of the billboard was a white-haired couple, okay? They were in their 60s and 70s. They are topless, both of them. You only see them from the waist up. They are topless. He's standing behind her, and he has his hands covering her breasts. And the ad said, Verve Clicquot, it's a very expensive champagne. Yeah. Verve Clicquot for those special moments. Now, can you imagine <laughs> in this country any commercial or advertising showing an older couple engaged sexually mm-hmm. to sell a product? When did that ever happen? Would it ever, would it ever happen? <laughs> Unless they were selling like Viagra or something. So that's another thing that we assume that older people are not sexual in any way. And that is simply not true. Do you talk and about that? Nursing homes, they'll tell you that they have, they have trouble controlling the rampant sexuality that goes on in those assisted living. That's things. right. <laughs> Do you talk about that on uh, TikTok? Is that one of your topics? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if I have. And I think I'll add it to my list. I, I think, yes. I, I didn't think, uh, thank you. I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's yeah. certainly a topic that um, many of the women we talk with are in our age range. It's a, it's a, a topic of great interest. And we tend not to know how to talk about it. And so it takes a great deal of trust and um, being willing yeah. to be vulnerable to talk about our sexual interests and needs and whether we're right. married or single or. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, along the same lines um, about being honest, about being older, I, because I'm in showbiz, I have never wanted people to know my real age because I get cats much younger generally. I get cats like 10 years younger than my real age. And generally, 
age is a handicap mm -hmm. in my profession. So I've never been honest about it. I don't lie about it, but I don't answer it. If I'm asked, I say, you know, I, I, I don't like that question. Um, since the TikTok thing, I now proudly announce everywhere that I'm 83. I decided to wear it with a badge of honor. Yes. I'm not going to lie about it anymore. Right. So that also has freed me in some way. Now, again, in Denmark, I was always shocked. What they do in Denmark, if a person, if a not notable person has a birthday, they will print the birthday in the paper and they will print that person's age. And that includes older actresses, older models, older whatever. And I said to my family, you know, you could never do that in America. That would almost be cause for a, a lawsuit that, <laughs> that, you know, to print a celebrity's real age would be considered invasive, an invasion of privacy. And, of course, they do it in Denmark because no one cares about age in Denmark. It's not a bad thing. Are, they, are, are there more plays about older people in Denmark, do you think, than there are here? I mean, here there are far and few between. Plays? Play. I don't know. Couldn't answer that because I don't, I, don't, I don't follow the theater scene. I wonder. That's an interesting question. I, I don't know. As I would think you would be, you would be um, auditioning more for those kinds of plays. Those oh. that subject matter here yeah. too. Here too, I think it's getting more. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, well, you know, you're bringing up another subject. I know this wasn't on our list, but this is a real conversation. That's what happens. One thing I don't appreciate uh, among Danish older women is that they very few of them use makeup or wear interesting clothes or dye their hair or do their nails. They're not into vanity at all. And that, I think, is a mistake. I get to press them around them. I mean, in my mind, 50-year-old women in Denmark look 70 because they do nothing to glamorize themselves. I do like this. Now, in L.A., of course, it can go way far the other way, where women have had so much work. You know, they look like this. They, they can't. They're so stretched out. They can't move their face. But I do like the American thing is that as women grow older, they still shop. They still think about what they wear. They still do makeup. They still style their hair. Mm -hmm. I like that because I don't want to look like I'm ready, like I've given up. I want to look like I'm still a contender. <laughs> so in that way, I, I prefer the American way. <laughs> you know, Annie, one of the stereotypes about uh, people as we get older is that we we don't we're really set in our 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 ways, our attitudes. We don't change our mind. And when you and I talked. You gave a, a really powerful example from your personal life about your grandson. Would you mind sharing that? Oh, oh, okay. Well, yes. Um, my son and his wife, they got married late. They got married at 40, and they were 45. They decided to adopt a baby, which I thought was ridiculous. And I thought it was too old to have a baby. They had a good life. And, you know, I was not, I'm not one of those women who dying to have grandchildren. I never cared about that. And they, as so often happens in this country, um, they were given a black baby. And I thought this is going to be a disaster because this kid is going to be black. He's going to be brought up Jewish. It's, it, it, it's like a double whammy. He's going to have to deal with so many negatives in his life. Um, and plus the challenges 
And we would have to face the challenges of being a mixed-race family. And who knows what, that go, what that's going to entail. So I wasn't happy about any of it. Of course, you can guess the ending is my grandson happens to be the most beautiful, the brightest, the most talented child in the history of the universe. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Needless to say, and he's the apple of my eye. He's now eight, eight and a half. And, and he and I have a lot in common. So one of my TikTok, by the way, my TikTok handle is A Corzin. My first initial, my last name, A Corzin, for anyone who wants to find me. And so I know when I'm with him, I see people looking at us in the street. And it's not necessarily an evil look. It's just curious, right? Because he and I don't look like we match. But of course, that's a falsity. Because we match in so many, we have the same humor, we have the same musical ear, we have all kinds of things in common. So we are a match. And I say in the TikTok, we are a match made in heaven. <laughs> so yes, I did change my life about that. I changed my mind about and your that. life. <laughs> and my, yes. He changed your life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, what's next for you, Annie? Are you continuing to do what you're doing? You have I'm new... doing what I'm doing. Everybody keeps asking if I'm making money at it. I'm making money in indirect ways. For example, my husband, who's actually a film producer, uh, he's also an artist. He's done art all his life, and he's a wonderful artist. And my home is full of his work. Well, because of the TikToks, people are inquiring about the art, and he has been selling paintings all over the world. He sold one. He sold to Denmark, but he sold to, to Puerto Rico, and he sold to Boston and New York and Charlotte, all over the country. And it's been it's been a wonderful adventure for him. <laughs> and his work is suddenly seen and appreciated. But of course, the big thing is that I want to the next two steps that I want to accomplish are public appearances, and it just occurs to me this week I could be going to the university. Because that's where a lot of my fan base is. Uh-huh. So uh, public appearances, so universities and women's groups, those two categories. And um, I've had my, I've been waiting. My book has been with a couple of publishers who cannot decide. They keep saying, we're thinking about it, we're thinking about it. And I'm getting so tired of it. I'm thinking of self-publishing. And I don't know if that's the worst idea in the world or not. But I'm thinking about it because i got to get a book out. And here's the title. Title is Tales from the Mouth Humor, Wisdom, and Complaints from an Aging TikTok Queen. Isn't that a good title? That's a you perfect think? title. You do? You know, there's, I think there's no uh, shame in self publishing because what I'm learning going through this publishing business is that you have much more control over your book, the layout how it looks, mm-hmm. what it's going to sell for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, there's just many people are going into the self-publishing route. Oh, yeah. So don't, I would say, don't wait around. Well, I'm seriously concerned. Some people are saying, don't, it's a waste of time. But the difference between me and them is I already have an audience. You do. Mm-hmm. I have a market. Right. Starter. Right. And if I would do personal appearances, I would bring the book with me. Exactly. So, that's, that, so I'm thinking in my case, it might not be a total waste of time. I think it I would think be a you great should move. do it. You do? Yes. Mm-hmm. And also, what the reason the publishers are hesitant is because there's some kind of, and I don't know if it's true, there's 
some kind of, how shall I say it? There's a feeling going around that TikTokers don't read books, that they don't buy books. But I'm not sure that's true. There's something called Book Talk, which has millions of viewers. And it's not for high-grade quality literary books, but my book is not a high-quality literary book. It's just a fun, hopefully well-written, you know, humor book. So, and, right. and you have you have a following that's not just TikTok, also, right? And so, yes, you have a great opportunity to move the book and to to get speaking engagements around it, and to yeah. you know, and yeah. to be able to promote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds well, good. thanks for being personal because I'm I'm sort of straddling the fence on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wait. I want to say, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was only saying, do not wait. Time is of the right. essence. Do that, right. Get it out there, uh, maximize it. I also, um, oh, I wanted to speak on that. What people say, are you making money from it? Are you monetizing it? I'm a little uncomfortable with the question. I appreciate they're looking out for me. I get that. I do want and need to make money from it. But I think what a lot of people don't understand about creative people is, if I weren't, if there were no chance ever of my making a penny from it, I would still do it because I love communicating. I love sharing my thoughts and, and having those thoughts appreciated and validated. So this is totally, if nothing else, it's certainly a labor of love. And I like getting stopped on the street by mm. my fans. And I like the comments when they write it. You're iconic. I wish I, wish I knew you. I wish you were my grandma. You're the best. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I like, I'm an attention whore, as all performers are. <laughs> so, so that in itself has been a payoff for me. Not all success can be measured in money. Mm-hmm. Am I right in that? Yeah, well, Gail and I know that very well. Yes, we do. <laughs> from our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, self-publishing seems to fit with uh, promoting yourself. That's, that's what you're doing. And I'm, yeah, so you would think it, it, it should, it, it kind of makes, it's looking more and more like it makes yeah. sense. Did you say the iconic TikTok queen? Is that what you're going to call it? No, they call me, no, Tales, Tales from the Mouth, semicolon, or colon. I always forget which one. No, Tales from the Mouth, colon. Uh, humor, wisdom, and complaints from an aging TikTok queen. Oh, yeah. Good. Covers everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Covers everything, right? I was going to say humor was an inspiration, but that sounds too too icky. I got to have something a little edgier, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though I hope that my thoughts are inspiring in a lot of ways, that is also a hope of mine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. Anything else, Annie? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nothing. I was just wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to share with our our audience before we have to close. Oh, gee. Um, well, let's see. Can I say, contact me if you want, if you want workshops or private work on storytelling, or if you have a speech to give that you're not comfortable with that. But basically, I want to say, my Danish brother-in-law says that what I'm doing is showing people how to live a good life. This is the life you should leave. But I hope I'm doing that without preaching to them. My hope is if they see me with my black friend, if they see me with my gay friend, 
if they see me with my transgender friends, and we don't talk about any of those issues, that they might think, oh, gee, look at that. That person seems nice. I never knew that, you know what I mean, that, that I might open some people up to looking at the world in a more open way than they did before. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to accomplish. Yeah. A great legacy. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I'm just you. so Fine. delighted no. that you joined well, us. Well, I always love talking about myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I do. Oh, we're the right platform for you. <laughs> You're a terrific role model, Annie. Keep it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.